0: said a hip hop the hippie the hippie to the hip hip hoppy you don't stop to rock it to the bang bang boogies to jump to the boogie to the rhythm the boogie the beats yeah yeah we're, we're yeah we're, we're talking about kangaroo jack today guys welcome to the show that's got 17 warrants out for our arrest in australia it's the messed up midnight podcast i am your host max steel and as always i'm joined by the man who looks like a cross between a cgi kangaroo and a bowl of chicken noodle soup it's michael flaherty everyone
1: what the hell is what the hell is that crossover? I just I want to I want to feed that through freaking Chat GPT and see what the actual shit that even comes up with. What how the what does that even mean? What how do you cross a chicken noodle soup with a kangaroo?
0: Well, dude, I don't like you. Like when I just look at a picture of Michael Flaherty, I'm like chicken noodle. And Australia, <laughs> that's, that's all, that's all you need. That's all that is audience. If you have never seen Michael Flaherty in person, just know he looks like that. Like if you look at you exactly. like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Go, go to his like, Instagram I, and just use hashtag chicken noodle on all of his pictures.
1: How dare you? How dare you? You go to Maxism <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know, type in stick bug or something. I don't know. I, God damn it. I'm not prepared for this. All right. You can't be <laughs> boozled me this fast, this early.
0: But you want to know what did bamboozle me, Mike?
1: Oh. Hmm.
0: It was the movie we are talking about today, which is the 2003 buddy comedy crime film, Kangaroo Jack starring Jerry O'Connell, Anthony Anderson, Estella Warren, Michael Shannon for some reason, (laughs) and Christopher Walken again on this podcast.
1: I... See, okay, you called you, you 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 called two genres out there, and I want to say those genres have the biggest air quotes around them. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. be so honest with you, <laughs> this movie is this movie is a comedy and comedy and crime in fucking name only.
0: <laughs> yeah, because when I was watching this, like, this movie really has two plots. Okay, the first plot involves two lifelong friends go to Australia, and get into PG shenanigans with a kangaroo. And then the second plot is a crime movie about a man's family taking advantage of him and wanting him murdered all for like $50,000. Like, Mike, I think I know the answer, but what did you think of Kangaroo
1: Jack? (laughs) This movie is... Much like, much like Microwave Massacre, this movie is very much a wet fart. Because you know what, I'm gonna be honest with you, Max. I don't know if you felt this bamboozled, but when I was a kid, I wanted to go see Kangaroo Jack so badly. I, I, I remember mm-hmm. the, I remember the trailer, and I was like, "Dad, we gotta go." And my dad was like, "Absolutely fucking not." <laughs> I refused to go see Kangaroo Jack. Why? <laughs> wise, wise. wise. So, I, for years and years, I wanted to go see it. And then I heard that the movie does, not Kangaroo Jack doesn't talk and goof off. It's just a fucking buddy comedy. And I want to tell you right now, I was crushed then and I'm crushed now. The why is the kangaroo a freaking backseat? It's called Kangaroo Jack. Make him the main character.
0: Yeah, dude, I mean, I remember catching this movie on Cartoon Network in like 2004, 2005. You know, I, like most of you who have seen this movie, remember like the first plot I described. But when rewatching it, I fucking completely forgot about the crime plot, which, let's be real here, takes up a majority of the movie. And what I find interesting is this film actually opened at number one. At the box office opening weekend, with many people labeling the advertisement campaign as false. Like the CGI kangaroo was fucking everywhere. Like it was just plastered, like the trailer would just be kangaroo jack, like rapping and stuff. Now, I have to ask you, is this false advertising? Yes. And why is the answer yes?
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it, fucking yes. exactly. Yes. Oh my, oh my God. Oh my God, this is false advertising, the goddamn movie. You are prepared for a kangaroo getting up to shenanigans. You mentally prepare yourself and get interested in a kangaroo getting up to shenanigans. And you get Anthony Henderson and Michael Shannon. And you're like, normally I'd be okay with this. But in the fact that I was expecting an Australian kangaroo goofing off, I'm mad. I'm mad.
0: So Well, you know, I, I, I want to read an excerpt from an article from the Los Angeles Times about this movie that was released like a week or two after this movie came out. Uh, when asked if it, was misle- if it wasn't misleading to run a TV spot with a talking kangaroo when the kangaroo barely talks in the actual film, Warner Bros. marketing chief Don Taubin explained, There's clearly a lot – and this is a quotation here – there's clearly a lot of kangaroo in the movie, and our exit polls indicated very strongly that a large percentage (sighs) of the audience were highly satisfied with the movie – who did you pull? People? <laughs> they,
1: it's, they pulled a bunch. They literally just pulled a bunch of people that napped in the movie theater. They literally, <laughs> what they did was they opened it in like the in like the what's the famous movie theater? Isn't it like the Chinese theater or whatever in like sure. Hollywood? But, sure. Let's but go like with they that. Was, they just opened it up, and it, it was like homeless housing. For like the night, and then they just played Kangaroo Jack silently as everyone slept, and they went, "How was your experience?" And they were like, uh, "Pretty, pretty good, if I gotta say." Like, I'm, I'm guarantee you that's what fucking happened because I, there's no way someone was satisfied with this movie.
0: You see, I wouldn't expect this coming from one of the writers of Con Air and the director of Coyote Ugly. <laughs> There's a Nick Cage connection with this what? movie. How did, is did you expect that?
1: that? I did. All right. The fact. Okay. Of all the Nick Cage connections, the fact that it's to Conner is the least surprising. Like it's <laughs> the same writer. That same sense.
0: fucking writer.
1: All right. Well, he definitely took a gigantic step down. But Conner is. I'm like. I'm like. That's also. That also makes sense. God, here's a ridiculous movie. So I'd be mean, like, this yeah, this fits.
0: But, you know, I do want to get back to Kangaroo Jack because kind of the division, I guess, with this movie, it all makes sense once you find out how this movie came to be because initially it was decided that Kangaroo Jack was going to be called Down and Under and would be an R-rated mobster movie, including Swearing, Full Frontal Nudity by Jerry O'Connell, and still featuring the kangaroo, but it was animatronic instead. But once they did the test screenings for this R-rated mob movie, yeah, they shot this whole fucking thing as an R-rated mob movie. The one thing test audiences liked in the movie was the kangaroo. So they spent another $10 million on making the kangaroo CGI and doing reshoots, including the dream sequence of this movie of a, featuring a rapping kangaroo, which, like I mentioned before, played fucking everywhere
1: in the ads, and that's how he got Kangaroo Jack. They... there's an okay we make jokes about like the r-rated cut for mac and me but there's an actual r-rated cut of kangaroo jack that's super serious and involves full frontal nudity and swearing like i want to see that now i want to see that now that's all i want to see i want to i want to see the super hardcore r-rated version
0: instead of instead of a uh, jack just like you know double kicking people with his kangaroo legs instead it's just kangaroo jack with a glock he
1: keeps absolutely. that thang
0: on him and he's ready to fucking kill some mobsters he's just a mob absolutely. hitman that's it
1: absolutely he's just in, he's in south melbourne and he's just drives by a group of people and just shoots them all up and he drives away <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's so weird hearing about that because it's like this movie was actually inspired by an urban legend that like the co-writer heard as a teenager about like some Americans who went to Australia. They accidentally put a jacket on a dead kangaroo thinking they had killed it. And then the kangaroo just fucking hops
1: off with the keys to their car. Oh, no, no shit. That's a weird yep. story. That's such a weird thing for just people to just be like, "Oh yeah, it's a funny urban legend where a bunch of morons decided to dress up a dead kangaroo." <laughs> but,
0: but but it kind of makes sense when like when you find out like, "Oh, th- this is some shit that a college student would do."
1: Oh yeah, that's the most college shit I've ever heard. If I'm being honest with you, like just if a bunch of like. Twenty-two-year-olds were just like, oh yeah, man, oh, it's yeah, that'd be so funny. <laughs> like, you accidentally killed this animal. Let's dress it up. And you're like, what?
0: <laughs> and, you know. And lastly, uh, before we move on to the drinks, I think if people really wanted to see like the talking kangaroo, they should check out the seek sequ- the animated sequel that came out in 2004, Kangaroo Jack G'day USA, which. Funnily enough, I also remember catching it on like Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon back in the day.
1: Were you just kangaroo pilled? Were you just kangaroo pilled?
0: Like, it, it's because so, it's like I would be like, it's one of those movies that they would play like when you're at home sick and like you didn't you didn't feel like rewatching Jerry Springer or like anything on like <laughs> I don't know fucking tr- or, like True TV. So you just like flip over to like Cartoon Network at like eleven o'clock a.m on like a Thursday and it's just this fucking animated sequel to kangaroo jack. And you're like, damn, that's crazy.
1: Don't I do love the, I do love, the, I do love the reality that we live in where you were just like, as a child who was sick from school, we're like, I could either watch Jerry Springer or I could watch an animated kangaroo be a jackass in the U S and you're like, I'd, you know what? no more jerry springer for today i'm gonna watch this kangaroo
0: listen maybe maybe my sickness got a little bit to my head maybe like because initially i thought i fucking imagined that but then i looked up and i was like oh no it was real by the way don't come after me if it sucks i haven't seen it since i was sick so don't come after me
1: you're like you're like please please i thought it was great when i was a child
0: All right, and uh, Mike, let's just move on to the ever most important question we have here on this podcast, Mm -hmm. which is, if Kangaroo Jack was a drink, (laughs) what would it be and why?
1: This movie is a lame, wet fart. It has three elements to it and only three. It's Australian. It's buddy comedy with two guys from New York. And it's got mobsters. So what is this movie at its core? It's not vodka. It's not tequila. It's it's just a really, really terrible, terrible whiskey. There should have been development. There should have been some substance. But you know what? It was $2 for a liter and you found it in just a really nasty part of town. On the clearance aisle of just a really run down liquor store. So grab it, pour in two ounces. It's Australian, fosters. It's not good Australian. It doesn't accurately, intelligently portray Australia and per- it tries to promote this like wildlife conservation thing, which is a totally valiant effort, but like it's so minimal. And it kind of just, I don't know, every opportunity they had to portray Australia, I feel like they just did it in the worst possible way. Like, there was no, oh, cool, we're going to actually show the interesting parts of Australia. They just went Outback. All right, cool. Now we got that out of the way. Kangaroos. Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) Literally. So grab a can of Foster's, leave it out in the hot, hot summer sun for two hours. Crack open, crack it open, don't hear that fizz. You want to make sure the fizz is no longer there. Pour in an ounce and a half of beer. It's got mobsters. Red wine. Come on, we've done enough mob flicks. It's going to be either, it's going to be red wine or whiskey. Like it's, and come on, it's a bunch of New York Italians in the mob. Like there's no way it's anything literally other than wine. So just grab a Pinot Noir, pour in an ounce of that. Finally, we have our we have our buddy comedy. I'm using freaking air quotes around that. They are it's Anthony Anderson, fantastic, and Jerry Connell. He's here, and the, neither one of them are particularly funny in this. Anthony Anderson's character needs to chill the hell out and like I don't know. He's very annoying. And Mm -hmm. Jerry O'Connell's character is bumbling white guy who like gets the girl at the end, number five. So it's a by the numbers comedy duo. So get just just go into your go into the liquor store, grab a thing of brandy or cognac. I'm going to lean cognac. Get a cheap clearance aisle version of Hennessy. Not Hennessy, do not get Hennessy, do not get Kuvassier, none of that stuff that actually has a name brand attached to it. Get something that's got the word cognac in it that's worth that's worth less than $13 for a liter. It's mm. gotta be pathetic. Pour in an ounce of that. Finally, you have your g- concoction. I want you to just water it down and leave it in the sun till it's weirdly hot. <laughs> And then I want you to drink it, but I want you to make sure that you pace your drinking over the course of one hour, periodically sipping it. Because this movie, it feels like it drags so much. And it feels like it just hangs on jokes so damn much. Like there's mm-hmm. one scene where th- Campbell's fart for at least 15 to 20 seconds and it's the worst Mm -hmm. i hate it so much Mm -hmm. but that's my drink
0: yeah it's like the comedy with this movie very much is like go into your go into your you know book of cliches and like pick like 10 from a kid's movie and that's what they have like as the comedy um it's It's, and, and also it's sorry go ahead mike
1: No, no, no. I was about to say, I was like, it's, I was like, it's just interesting that (laughs) their comedy is so by the numbers, but it's bad as well. Like their Mm -hmm. versions of by the numbers comedy is so lazy. Like there are plenty of by the numbers comedies that actually like land. I can't think Mm -hmm. of any off the top of my head, but I know they're out there. I know they are, but like, it just doesn't fucking work. But, anyways, go ahead.
0: And also, it's funny that you mentioned Foster's because that was one of the drinks I was looking at. But when I was looking at it, it was like they were like, yeah, Foster's is primarily known as like an Australian beer, but like no Australians like drink it. But I think it actually yeah. kind of works with yours because it's like what an American would think like when they go to Australia.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just
0: all the out, just about- the outback and <laughs>
1: wildlife. Yeah. Yeah, they just talk about fucking kangaroos and the outback, and you're like, I I feel that has to not be a main attraction of Australia. Like, come on.
0: <laughs> no, I I like it. I like very very wet, very dry. That's what I meant to say. So yeah, for my drink, I was gonna keep this one pretty simple to drink because, like, let's be real here. We got the kangaroo silliness and this like PG mob plot. So let's start with this Australian kangaroo thing. Let's look at beer again. You could go with a Fosters, but for me, I'm gonna say let's stick with a Carlton Drought beer. It's Australian, and that's about all I can tell you about it. Now, this might, you know, by itself work if this movie was like a bad R-rated like raunch fest. But since it's a kids movie, we have to like kind of make take this thing we already have and make it silly. So go to the store, grab yourself a packet of Nerds Powdered Drink Mix, strawberry flavored, and add one of those into your beer and mix it in. Because this movie felt so strange, feeling both like R-rated raunchy, but also like tossing in elements of a kid's movie. Next, you got your mob movie. It's not that deep, like a scotch, so we'll stick with like a whiskey. An American whiskey, let's say Evan Williams since that part, you know, the mob stuff is kind of mainly over in America. So again, straight Evan Williams right out of the plastic bottle. But again, we come back to the kids movie thing. So instead of nerds powder, let's grab some cherry Kool-Aid powder to from your old face-off drink. Mix that in with your Evan Williams, you know, about two ounces of Evan Williams and add enough Kool-Aid powder to where you can taste both flavors. So drop in your two ounces in your beer. We're almost there. We need a little bit more silliness. A dash or two from like each one of the powders again, like throwing a dash like a nerd's powder and throwing another dash of the Kool-Aid powder to really bring those flavors together. But then we also have things like attempted murder and quote-unquote depth with this film trying to make us give a shit between our two leads who saved each other's life. So for that, add in just a few dashes of bitters to taste. And I think that's going to do it. This really isn't like a movie with any like with a whole lot of moving parts to it so
1: i'm going to keep it simple for once man your drink is so so damn sweet two kinds <laughs> of sugary drink mix powder into whiskey and beer like my god man my teeth are hurting i'm going to get a i'm going to get the worst hangover from your damn drink
0: but isn't uh, that this movie, though? It's really it is. trying.
1: It's it's exactly. Uh, what I like about your drink is your drink essentially goes, uh, it essentially does what the movie does, which is take two hardcore themes and then kidify them, which is the most confusing angle to take, where, <laughs> where you take mobs, homicide, and deception, and then just go, but what if it was kooky? <laughs> and You're like, why? Why is it kooky? I wish it was just a mob movie. Yeah. Anyways, guys, but I like
0: it. Go, go, go! Throw some. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I was about to make an Australian pun, but I feel like that's going to happen enough throughout this podcast. So I'm just going to say, go crack open <laughs> whatever drink that you want, and let's hop in to Kangaroo Jack. Start off funky, fresh Australian beach uh, beats. We have a voiceover, Australia, the land down under rugged remote and all the things that men used to describe their Ford Escort from 2003 shots of the Australian <laughs> outback talks of kangaroo. And we actually see that titular kangaroo title card kangaroo Jack. Don't get used to it. You're not going to see a whole lot of them throughout this movie. So we cut mm-hmm. Charlie Carbone, a young kid somewhere in Brooklyn, New York. Also, Christopher Walken playing his wannabe stepdad who's trying to woo his mom. (laughs) Why does he only appear in. Why is is Christopher Walken here? Literally, like in the movies that we have covered so far on this podcast, whenever Christopher Walken comes in, he's never like a main character. He always literally appears for like one scene or two. And I mean, I know we've only talked about him really in like Geely, but he only appears like once or twice for like a quick hello. And he's just fucking gone for the rest of the movie. Yeah,
1: he just he just pops in just like just to go like, hey, gang, just to let you know, I'm not going to be in this too long, even though it's terrible. (laughs) And you're like, oh, hey, Chris, are you off to go be in a better movie?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I kind of imagine Christopher Walken as uh, that one Spongebob meme of him, like snapping his fingers as he's like
1: walking out of the door. He's like, I'm here and now I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I do respect that Chris Walken in like the early two thousands was just a bag and checks from horrible movies to being there for two scenes. In a weird, twisted way. I respect the absolute hell out of that hustle. So yeah,
0: Christopher Walken, he's feared, and there's also some guy named Frankie Lombardo, who's Christopher Walken's kid, who will someday take over the family business, and he's also been to Juvie. We go to the beach. Young Charlie meets young Lewis, who is metal detecting and wears a cape. They meet, they talk, they have some fun. Charlie has like a Captain Amazing compass. They go their separate ways. But Frankie is also on the beach. Mm -hmm. He tosses Charlie a football and Charlie goes to run after it, goes into the ocean, goes to catch the ball. But then he remembers, oh shit, I can't swim. Why if you don't know how to swim, would you
1: just run like, head
0: fucking first into the water?
1: It's, that's that dumb that's that dumb kid shit, man, where they're just like where they're just like, oh, I gotta chase the ball and then they're just like, oh shit, I' just I don't know how to do this. I'm in too deep <laughs> and all of that. Also, quick jump in. like these kids don't know how to fucking act. It's so stiff like these children's acting and i know every child actor is going to be horrible in some capacity Mm -hmm. that's about as expected but like man it it doesn't fail to disappoint me it does not fail Mm -hmm. to disappoint me when you just see a kid going oh thank you for getting my ball oh it's okay and i'm like oh my god you both sound like npcs just (laughs) come on there's gotta be some more effort into this good lord
0: Yeah. So Lewis finds the compass, sees Charlie drowning, calls for lifeguards. No one's coming to help this child. But Lewis is like, fuck it. I'll save Charlie. Long story short, he lives. Lewis saves Charlie's life and they end up being friends. Sounds like the origin story between me and Mike. So 20 years later, Charlie now runs a beauty salon that his stepdad's mob friends takes like 80% of the profits from. And also Lewis, who's Anthony Anderson, is also his best friend. So Charlie, he's really, he really wants some money, but Lewis comes in and like, he's like, Hey man, I need help getting some TVs off of a truck that, you know, it's totally legal. I swear. And the best way I can describe Lewis in this movie is imagine that one friend that you knew like way back in the day who would always like get you into shenanigans. That's, that's pretty much Lewis except like, you know, he's like in his like mid to late twenties now. Whereas, you know, when you think of this friend, you probably think back to like, you know, high school or maybe like early college. So yeah. Lewis hasn't yeah, done exactly. a whole lot of growing up.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's always my favorite, is like, ooh, wacky shenanigans. And you're like, yeah, that's fun from like from like childhood to like twenty one, twenty two. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you're like, hey, man. <laughs> no, no, no. What the hell is wrong with you? I no, I'm not interested in that shit.
0: You know, Charlie should have just fucking dumped Lewis like a long time ago, but he still dangles that, oh, I saved
1: your life thing over his head. Yeah, it's a lovely, that's a lovely like little toss where he's like, I saved your life, you should be thankful for me. And I'm like, man, what is, that's a weird character trait that he brings up a lot in the movie. He's Mm -hmm. like, man, I saved your life from drowning. And I'm like... Dave, do you just you have you just been holding this over this guy's head for like twenty four years? Like, good lord!
0: <laughs> if you are in an abusive relationship with one of your friends, please dial the local hotline. I don't have those numbers to access, so <laughs> just look it up. You're 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 a big boy, big girl. You can do this yourself. So I you love that.
1: <laughs> I don't know the numbers to the hotline, asshole. What, what am I?
0: Figure it out yourself. so we go to lewis's delivery van where charlie complains about the fact that he's got christopher walken as his stepdad so lewis starts swerving in his delivery van in the middle of brooklyn he also has the cops coming after him because of his driving also it's a stolen vehicle also lewis is on probation we get a wacky car chase where cars get t-boned and you know some people probably die. Someone's parents aren't coming home for Christmas. So in the, R-rated, but it's a,
1: in, the in the R-rated cut of this movie, Lewis t someone and you just see a and you just see an old woman just 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 get launched out of her windshield and impaled on broken glass. And it's in just, front just like her Ooh, grandchildren. You yeah, exactly your grandchildren are holding like a balloon and like a lot an oversized lollipop and they're just crying.
0: so there's like a roadblock by the police with guns drawn Lewis causes like a 10 car pileup destroys a semi so they're basically like you know five stars on GTA where we go to some warehouse where Lewis has to stash these like four or five TVs that are remained from like the 50 he had earlier but got broken in the crash so Lewis goes to meet this gangster guy Tommy who apparently knows Charlie through you know family connections and oh, yeah, the warehouse is actually Christopher Walken's warehouse. So the cops come, uh, Chris, um, Charlie and Lewis, they have to run for the hills through this warehouse. And they're like, they're trying to figure out how they can dodge these many serious federal offenses. But, you know, these are just some wacky shenanigans. So uh, Charlie and Lewis end up getting cornered. They think they're going to get caught by the police, but they say, fuck it and jump down a trash suit that leads out to the ocean which by the way, apparently Charlie can swim now, but now they swim off the Maggio compound, New York, a news report talks about the stolen goods in Christopher Walken's warehouse where Christopher Walken actually does his thing. And, you know, says things towards Charlie and Lewis doing the mafia thing. He chose not to take our name, makes threats. You know, I bought you a beauty parlor. So basic, the basic gaslighting, then Frankie and, comes in, and it's motherfucking Michael yeah. Shannon. Sorry, you were gonna say something, Mike?
1: No, okay. no. It's just, I just the introduction of Chris Walken, who is essentially just playing this movie's version of Vito Corleone from The Godfather, or, or Joe Pesci in Goodfellas, where he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm the head honcho," all that crap. And then just Michael Shannon's entry caused. I don't know about you, Max, but I saw him roll in, and I literally stopped and went, "How the?" fuck did you end up here? I'm like, Mm -hmm. Michael Shannon? Is it this? Yeah, his his
0: casting I was going to say, his casting is like the most confusing thing about this movie, and it has, like, Christopher Walken, I'm like, yeah, you'd probably be in something like this, but then Michael Shannon comes up, and I'm like, dude, you should know better.
1: Like, Christopher Walken is bagging checks at this point, but like, Michael Shannon, man, come on. Like, <laughs> like this dude was in some hot stuff. Like
0: yeah. yeah, like I mean, this was like the only PG movie that like Michael Shannon has been in, apart from like Groundhog Day, where he plays like a bit part there. So this this is again, Michael Shannon, this movie is just confusing. So uh Christopher Walken gives him an envelope, gives the two guys an envelope. They gotta go to Sydney, Australia to look for um to go to cobbler pd to meet mr smith they're gonna give him here's the envelope but zod tells him like you know don't look in the envelope so they go outside the maggio compound compound where we get a quick little scene where some people some guy is taking pictures of the two of them then we go somewhere over the pacific ocean on an airplane we get more wacky shenanigans between lewis and charlie like oh lewis snuck some snacks onto the airport that are into the airplane that are like super spicy. You see? And it's funny. <laughs> they go they both of them go to the bathroom together to look inside the envelope and it's $50,000 and you get some poop humor.
1: You see? It's funny. It's, isn't it Mike? It's, they just, they just drive this stupid, Poop joke into the ground. There is. So, there are a few moments. So, the movie obviously like just leans on buddy comedy PG cliches up and down for a long time. But there are certain points in the movie where they take humor, specifically toilet humor, and just sit with it. Like, this is one of those moments there. There's another one far later in the movie. But they just. They just sit with this really half-assed poop joke that just makes you stop and just go like, okay, I get it. I get it. Everyone is shocked that they're talking about poop. We don't need to continue the conversation with them in it. Please, please stop. (laughs) Like, it just goes on so long.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway, skipping ahead. Flash cuts to Australia. We're in the airport where Lewis is taking, like, pictures of things. You know, Charlie's like, "Look, we're gonna try to get through airport security. Let's just try to keep this thing uh, quiet." So Lewis goes through airport security, no problem. Then Charlie goes through, but gets immediately strip searched because of scissors, and he only has like sixty three dollars because he thought he was gonna get caught. Yeah, we have we have a strip searching scene
1: in this movie, in Kangaroo it's, Jack. It, it, it's 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 a freaking you know what? Originally, I was about to, like, rant and rave and just be like, why is this scene in here? It's a strip-searching scene. And then I just thought to myself, oh, no, they wanted this to be R-rated, actually. That's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They didn't want a dumb PG movie. So then I stopped and just, like, went, oh, okay, this makes more sense now. This makes more sense now. <laughs> it, it adds a lot of context to this movie when you just... When Whenever you see something that makes no utter sense or feels too intense for a kids movie, just to think, oh, oh, they didn't want it this way. It makes more sense when it's R-rated. Like, good mm-hmm. lord. So we,
0: outside the airport, Lewis shows, that, oh, he actually took the money through airport security instead of Charlie. And yeah, another guy is also taking pictures of them in the distance. Cuts the outback. Where of course you gotta play the land down under, which by the way I want to thank this movie because I had this fucking song stuck in my head the entire week after watching this. I would just be like at work and just be like singing to myself, "Living in the land down under, hey,
1: it's a banger, it's a banger." You're like you're like oh hell yeah, all right, I can get down with this like. It's I gotta it's, literally, say, it's, literally
0: oh, just, it's literally just the part where it's like they're singing the land down under just playing to my head over and over and
1: over again. All right. Well, that, OK, that would actually drive me utterly insane. But I have to say the reason I'm oh, the reason I'm super happy when they bring on the land down under song is because they can detract or move away from the standard issue hip hop beat. That they mm-hmm. play ad nauseum. So at this point in the in the movie, you be you I at least began to realize that they had just kept replaying the same exact hip-hop beat. It feels like a standard, like something you get off of like something something Dr. Dre type beat off YouTube. Like it is so mm-hmm. So bad and standard. It sounds like a ripoff of "What's the Difference." If anyone, if you know that song, like it's just done, 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 and it's just you're like, oh, for God's sake, shut up. So okay,
0: again, we're in the outback. The two guys are driving through, and they're talking about this guy they're meeting. Uh, Charlie is having like relationship issues and then they start fucking freestyling to the land down under and then their car breaks down and quite possibly the worst place to be, but it's actually not broken. They just fucking ran over a kangaroo. So they're like, Oh fuck. Well, well, what do we do? And Lewis is like, Hey, let's leave it. Charles, like let's at least move it out of the road. Then we get what the bit that we were talking about earlier, where they were holding the dead kangaroo and they put the jacket, they put uh, uh, Lewis's lucky jacket on the dead kangaroo, and put sunglasses on it, and are taking pictures with a with a dead animal. Can we talk about how kind of fucked up this is?
1: <laughs> that's okay, okay. I'm so glad, I'm so glad you also think it's fucked up because I looked at that and my thought wasn't like, ooh, fun little bit, dressing up a kangaroo, ha ha ha. I was like, oh my god, they're playing with a fucking animal corpse. Like, and, like, it's not just, like, they hunted it and it's the full intention that they're going to hold it and carry it around so they're both, all like, oh, yeah, this is how it's going to go. They're doing this for shits and giggles, like, which is extra weird, in my opinion.
0: (laughs) Yeah, these, I mean... I mean, they did grow up in Brooklyn, so maybe they have kind of like a fucked up sense of humor. I, I I don't know. I was
1: about to say. I was about to say they grew up in Brooklyn in like the in like the eighties, nineties, and very early two thousands. So it's like in a very odd way, I do kind of understand the idea of having a really, really messed up sense of humor.
0: But don't worry, guys. It turns out the kangaroo is actually alive. Lewis screams. The kangaroo screams. Uh, the kangaroo like is now fucking wearing, you know, the hoodie and the gla- and the glasses and everything fucking drop kicks Charlie and then hops off. So they're just so Lewis and Charlie think this is just the funniest thing ever. And then Lewis starts crying because he realizes he accidentally left the money in his lucky jacket as the kangaroo is hopping off. So Charlie's naturally pissed that this kangaroo just fucking has 50 grand in its pocket. So what do they do? They hop back in their Jeep and start chasing after this kangaroo. We got a motherfucking kangaroo chase scene through the outback where Charlie's like leaning out trying to like get the money out of the pocket and you know, more chasing, but then they crash, fucking wreck their Jeep as this creepy fucking CGI kangaroo jack just watches them. And also, their jeep doesn't have insurance, so
1: yeah, they're fucked financially. And Kangaroo Jack just oh. fucking hops off. I gotta say, I gotta say, I'm glad that you brought up the fact that Kangaroo Jack is CGI because I mean, obviously, how the hell else would he be? How the hell else would it be portrayed in 2000? But like, it's weird, man. Like you just see, it's it feels it it has the same issue that we mentioned that I, that like was mentioned in Scooby Doo when we reviewed that like it's 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 just feels like kangaroo jack is on top of everything mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like he's actually it doesn't feel like there's some guy in a morph suit that's like hopping around and they're all like pretending to chase after it and stuff like that it literally feels like just they're like okay anthony all right what's his name Charlie or whatever or Jerry they're like okay just pretend like the kangaroos here and like put your arm around it and they're like okay and they're just awkwardly doing it
0: yeah and I'm just wondering like I don't know I'm I think I saw somewhere that the the kangaroo was like originally animatronic but they wanted to make it more animated so it could you know be more you know kooky and weird I don't know I'm this fucking kangaroo just kind of Grinds my gears, so we're exactly. on the Southback road. <laughs> While Lewis and Charlie walk and argue about you know the kangaroo, and then by some body of fucking water, we cut to a kangaroo jack comes by, and we get some shitty animal humor. And then, so, and then we cut back to Lewis and Charlie entering a bar. So Lewis <laughs> goes
1: to the bathroom. <laughs> you, oh, I love that the movie. Mic. I I do I do the fact that the movie. It it feels like at this point the movie the movie kind of pulls the rug under you because they get they 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 meet up with Kangaroo Jack and Kangaroo Jack runs off and you're like oh now it's now it's here where Kangaroo Jack comes in because that's what I was thinking mentally I was like yeah yeah cool we're getting to the kangaroo and then mm-hmm. like a sick and twisted like older sibling they just dangle Kangaroo Jack in front of you and then go ha. And then they just pull it away and that they have a scene where Kangaroo Jack's running around his oasis being a kangaroo. The shit, I mean, the shit he does is not funny. Like I did, I never chuckled at any point when Kangaroo Jack was on screen, but at least I was like, all right, well, Kangaroo Jack, at least, at least the the freaking characters on screen. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) then after not, not like one or two minutes, it just disappears. And we get back to this dumb buddy comedy thing at a bar.
0: Yeah, if they wanted to make a movie about fucking Kangaroo Jack, make the movie about fucking Kangaroo Jack and not just, you know, these two dudes you. in the outback. Thank you. I don't give a
1: shit. Show Most- me the kangaroo. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm going to be I'm, if this is going to be such a weird like call, but I, I feel like if they just named the movie down and under and ju- just kept the name down and under. I would be a thousand percent more forgiving. But the fact that they named it Kangaroo Jack and were like, it's about the kangaroo it would make me like, that because they did that, I'm mad. Like, <laughs> it was just a shitty buddy copy. I've like, alright, let's buy the numbers. But, oh my god, they drilled it would into have been your less dumb skull. Yeah. They put it into your dumb fucking skull that it's about the kangaroo
0: so uh at this bar lewis goes to the bathroom to go you know like try to call mr smith and you know mr smith isn't too happy he says australian things and lewis also finds uh in the phone book some info on kangaroo wildlife uh meanwhile charlie meets this guy named blue and just starts you know fucking pounding back some beers with him but then we cut to the outback wildlife foundation where lewis drinks some like shitty water when an american named jesse like who is working just shows up and Jesse is, you know, talking about like, you know, just talking to Lewis and Lewis explains the situation that he's in, which Jesse thinks, you know, he's crazy, but she just fucking rolls with it. Also a random cutaway to kangaroo Jack finding spicy candy, playing with a twizzler eats it.
1: It's and that's it. That's so it's such a, Again, such a damn letdown. Also, how did how did these guys manage to find the one damn American in all of Australia's outback? Like, how? What kind of Hollywood stars aligning BS is this? Like, come on! Like, really, really? All right, (laughs) sure. Why not? You know, I,
0: I bet you that originally it was planned that you know this person was going to be an Australian, but then the actor Estella Warren just couldn't do an Australian accent. So They're like, "Oh fuck it!" Uh, oh fuck my it. She's god,
1: that old. that would have been fantastic. They're like, "All right, Estella, can you say good day, mate?" And she's like, "Good, good, good day, matey." And they're like, "God damn it, Estella! All right, she's American. It's like, we can't, we can't do this."
0: okay back at the bar charlie and blue continue to drink you know he's made a friend lewis enters with a fucking trank gun and explains how it works he's like yeah i got this describes jesse how hot she is then they're like okay here's what we got to do we got to hire a bush plane pilot like cool let's do it go to the phone also blue the drunk guy comes by and fucking passes out they use this rotary phone to call the bush pilot uh who's actually uh a passed out blue so what do they do they just fucking force feed him caffeine. And now they're up in the air. Charlie Lewis and Blue are just flying.
1: Blue is just a, fucking flying in the plane doing tricks cut. and whatnot. <laughs> what a hard cut. Blue, blue recovers fast. He they they feed this man caffeine, and then the movie just hard cuts and he's in the plane. Like, Jesus Christ. There's no like, there's no like scene where it's him opening his eyes, sitting up and going, like, oh my god, I feel great, or something like that. It's just It's just, he's down, he's in the plane, and they're flying, and he's doing tricks. And you're like, shit, all right, man, damn. Blue recovers fast.
0: So um, we go back to Christopher Walken, because remember, he's in this movie for just an additional scene. You know, he's like doing hooked on phonics for gangsters when Michael Shannon gives him a phone. And Christopher Walken is like talking to like Mr. Smith. I was like, oh, advise me if the situation changes. Um then Christopher Walken tells Michael Shannon, like, hey, you got your passport. We go back to the Outback now. More flying while intoxicated by Blue while uh, Charlie and Lewis are just you know looking for this kangaroo. But they spot Kangaroo Jack. They're like, OK, we're ready to go. Lewis has his trank gun drawn, flies very fucking close to the ground. Then at the last second, Blue swerves as Lewis pulls the trigger, misses. But Lewis didn't hit Kangaroo Jack. He hit their pilot. So now Charlie has to fucking guide the plane himself and avoid crashing and dying, all while Kangaroo Jack just sits on the ground and just fucking watches this plane crash. He so yeah, long, yeah, exactly.
1: That's the whole damn scene. That's it. Like it's just it's just them just goofing off, trying to shoot Kangaroo Jack, and it's just they accidentally shoot the pilot and go down, which is just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I expected from this scene, but I expected to be more invested and more like enraptured and be like, Oh my God, they're going down. Whoa. But instead I kind of just was, I literally, I, I was just, I just saw kangaroo Jack watch. And I was just like, same man, same reaction and everything. Just stone face. <laughs> just going like, mm-hmm, all right, they're going down. <laughs> like, they're, literally I, the way to, aren't good.
0: literally the way to describe kangaroo Jack's reaction is damn, that's crazy. <laughs>
1: Literally, literally, everything Kangaroo Jack does in terms of like watching them do shit—it's either damn that's crazy or oh I should probably get out of here. Like that's probably smart. Like it's yeah, I I, I got nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Charlie and Lewis, they they live and Blue is all right too. We go back to the Australian bar. Mister Smith enters and the bartenders talk. We go back to the crash. Lou tries to radio back to somebody. Charlie is hopeless. Lewis says that someone's looking for them. Mister Smith. Lewis then tells Charlie that Mister Smith is coming for them. And Christopher Walken thinks that you know they stole his money. And Lewis is like, "Look, all we got to do is find the money," which is a very ridiculous plan when a fucking kangaroo has it. And you know, Lewis is like, "Okay, I have an idea." Jesse, who Charlie calls the epileptic due to how Lewis described her okay is that devil's marbles which is due east she can help
1: yeah they just dropped this epilepsy line which is odd which it made me double take i was like huh what the what the what are we talking about epilepsy I was like this is that was a left turn what's what's going on it's a weird thing to circle back to yeah, exactly. I'm like of all of the things that y'all set up, that is the thing that you decided. Yeah, we should we should definitely cover that again. I felt like we didn't felt like we didn't get enough out of that one.
0: <laughs> okay, now the, they decide to go walking through the desert to go to Devil's Marbles. At the airport, Michael Shannon has arrived in Australia, and his guide, Mr. Jimmy, awaits him. And Michael Shannon, he wants some guns back to the desert. Lewis and Charlie encounter dingoes, which are staring at Lewis, but the wind picks up. Something bad's about to happen. It's a sandstorm. Like, Lewis gets fucking launched back. Charlie's just like, I want to go back to Brooklyn, but we go back to Blue instead. He gets in contact with somebody at an airport, and an airport technician gets restrained by Mr. Smith and his bad guys back in the desert. Lewis and Charlie do more walking in the heat. They talk about all the food that they want. In the distance, Charlie sees a Jeep. They're starting to hallucinate. Charlie gets in the Jeep, which is also has a cassette player. Charlie is vibing, but Lewis sees the truth. And it's literally just Charlie sitting on the ground having an episode. Like, I don't know, he's trip sitting one of his buddies in like high school I'm, or college.
1: I was like, is this dude on? Like, I've never been like. I've never been uh, dehydrated and like seeing mirages, but like there is no way it is the equivalent of a fucking salvia trip, man. Like I, how the hell is this? Is it this vivid? This dude needs, this dude's seeing Jesus. He's not, he doesn't need, he doesn't need just regular help anymore. He needs advanced help.
0: <laughs> so yeah, more walking by Charlie and Lewis. Charlie, like, they start arguing in the desert. Then they start fucking, like, doing the softest fight scene you've ever seen in your life. Then Charlie looks up. It's Jesse on a horse. Charlie thinks he's having another mirage and just, you know, does cringeworthy pickup artist shit and just fucking cops a whole feel on this woman he's just met.
1: He just starts groping her. Just starts groping her, goes full, goes full freaking Herman Kane. It just starts, Ooh. just grabbing a feel and just really, just going to town. And it's just my favorite thing is maybe, maybe in the two thousands, this was gut busting. It's not anymore. It's super weird. You're like, oh, all right, all right okay. <laughs> it's a fucking kids movie, dude. Yeah, that's, they that's to leave. my to thing. That's my other thing. It's in It's in a movie for children. Like this. This ain't, This isn't PG thirteen where that would like still be weird, but it would probably fly. Like just children. Like they're like they're showing freaking Paw Patrol in the next movie over. Like and you, and this is what's going on. Like god damn. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So now later, Charlie fucking wakes up to see Kangaroo Jack who's who's now talking and he's rapping too. this is this is the scene i was talking about that fucking played everywhere so charlie tries to talk to him you know asks about money sees it's like raining money on a bunch of kangaroos charlie is mad but one of the kangaroos has a voice like christopher walken which is terrifying in its own way And he's pissed (laughs) off another kangaroo has a voice like lewis and like all the kangaroos start saying chicken blood over and over and over again which is enough to wake him up out of his trance so i mean yeah he really was tripping on salvia
1: exactly he really was this man this man was this man was on some shit like it's my favorite thing also was just it's such a weird i mean the scene's weird obviously like it's supposed to be but It feels weird how inconsequential it was. Like, now that you mentioned the fact that this was actually supposed to be super R-rated and that this was a reshoot, like, it makes so much sense now because the entire time in the movie, it's just, it just didn't fit anywhere. Like, it was just kind of just felt like they were just like, oh, and things are weird. Moving on. (laughs) And so it's like, It's kind of nice that there's context now to why it's even there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. In the desert at night, Charlie wakes up from his trip with Jesse and Lewis just watching him. And, you know, he starts drinking something and we get a testicle falling off joke. And I'm pretty sure they do use the word testicle in a children's movie.
1: I got nothing for that. I I mean, they they just, (laughs) they just, they just roll. They just roll crazy shit out.
0: Okay, now back with blue. Sorry, back with blue at night. Mr. Smith comes up, checks on Blue. Smith holds a knife to him, and you know, he fuck Blue just fucking sells out where Charlie and Lewis are going. One guy also punches Blue for literally no reason. Then we go yeah, back to why, the camp why, with why,
1: why are we punching why are we punching Blue? Like he didn't do anything. He's he trying did. to help like, him. He's trying to yeah, fucking he's help just him. They're like they're like, where is he going? And Blue's like, oh, they're down the road and they're trying to I think they're a few places over at this place, and they're like Thanks. Oh, thanks, old man. And they punch the old man in the face. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, why are we doing
0: that? Okay, back with uh, Charlie Lewis and Jesse. We get more bonding. Jesse agrees to like help them find their kangaroo. Charlie tries to get his flirt on. Offers her t- offers her $2,000 to help them get their money back. So they agree to start in the morning because Australia is dangerous. Next day, on the back of Camel's,
1: Fart jokes. The, 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 the this is... Fart jokes. This is the scene I was talking about. They, honest to God... Max, keep me honest here. They make this stupid camel fart joke for like two or three minutes. Which, mm-hmm. to many people, does not sound like a painstakingly long time. But imagine if someone told you the same joke over and over for three straight minutes, you'd want to strangle them. They did this and I was like, I was so over this. I, I was like, it's literally, this is the point in the movie where I was like, was like, please God, let this be over. Like the other stuff leading up to this point, I was like, I was like, oh, it's not great, oh, it's not for me, blah blah blah. But uh, you know, it's it's a it's it's your kids' movie that was made in the two thousands that one hundred percent could not be a kids' movie now. And then mm-hmm. now you're just like now now after the fart jokes for three minutes, I was like, okay, fuck this movie. I was like, fuck, I was like, fuck this movie. I was like, I want this to be over.
0: Yeah, but, but they but they're able to ignore the farts because they found some good smelling berries, which actually will come back at the end of the movie. For so some reason. The, why? I, I don't know why. I could not okay. fucking tell you why. Oh, because he's a hairdresser. That's why. Okay. Oh, so we go back with, mm-hmm. So we go back with Zod and the boys. They're looking for Charlie and Lewis. They find Blue, who just fucking joins them because they're heading that way. And then back with the our trio, they find the River Todd. And Lewis is like, okay, what's the plan? Um, Jesse has an idea of throwing like some contraption to catch them, so we get a training montage of them make like, you know, making this like bolo thing and throwing them to the sounds of early two thousands pop music. And Yeah, they uh, have a montage.
1: They have a goddamn montage of making bolos. <laughs> Didn't know that was necessary, but shit, hell yeah! I'm like, all right, fine. Let's toss, let's toss a damn montage in here.
0: But okay, we, but wait, wait, we can't, we can't focus on the montage because we got to go back to Michael Shannon, where Blue fucking gets kicked out of their jeep when he, uh, when he reveals that like he knew where Charlie and Lewis were, and Blue is like, look, I never should have fucking left the pub. Back with Charlie, Lewis, and Jesse, they find Kangaroo Jack. But they have to disguise their scent, so I guess they have to cover themselves in
1: substances. I think. It's, it just looks like it just looks like body paint. It literally just looks looks like body paint. That was that was that was another confusing thing. They're like, we gotta cover our scent. And I thought it was gonna be another stupid damn poop joke. I was about to be like, mm-hmm. oh, you gotta be kidding me. And then they bait and switched me and just went, no, they're just gonna wear paint. And I'm like, all right, well, f- logically, how does that work? <laughs> I was like, now you just get, now I'm confused. I was about to be pissed, but now I'm just confused. How the fuck does body paint work in masking your set?
0: Listen, after this movie, I am both angry and confused. The worst fucking yeah. combination.
1: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I'm not broken. I'm not broken like I was with Gotti and Bucky Larson, but I'm I'm angry and I'm confused.
0: So what do they do? They slowly approach this kangaroo, but Lewis steps on an ant hill. He's got ants just fucking crawling up his legs, and he just why doesn't he just fucking move his leg? I don't know. So Lewis screams. Kangaroo Jack fucking dodges this bolo, and and you know they're like, oh, we'll just have to wait until tomorrow. This scene was a waste of my fucking time.
1: It was. I mean, I mean oh my it. god! It's it's just what, what what purpose did the scene serve? Did it just serve to make me mad at freaking Louis or Lewis or whatever his name is? Like I like he genuinely does not do anything except stick his whole foot in an ant pile, wait, scream, and screw everything up, and then the scene ends, and you're like, oh. Is he supposed to annoy me? Because that's what he's doing. He's doing a lot of annoying me.
0: <laughs> so again, another inconsequential scene back with Michael Shannon. The guide tells him about the Springs. Also, they're kicking their guide out for literally no reason. That's all you need to know. Back to the Oasis. Jesse is bathing in a river, wearing white. Charlie comes down to get in the water. Yeah, we got to We got a fucking like, you know hot girl in a wet shirt. It's one of those starts, scenes. Casual. It, go it ahead, It turns
1: Mike. into a freaking R&B, and b 2000s alt rock music video with it because it's got your blonde white girl in a freaking pool, just like pulling her hair back and all that nonsense. And I'm like, like what the hell is this? I was like, what are we doing with this? Come on. Like, we're supposed to be hunting <laughs> down a kangaroo, not... Whatever the hell this is.
0: So you know how this is going to go. They fucking make out. And then Anthony Anderson interrupts it by cannonballing from the top of a waterfall, which oh I God. wish he would interrupt more things like that.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: fair. So the next day, the three get woken up by Mr. Smith and the boys, they get taken hostage. Jesse finds out that oh, instead of being out $4,000 like they initially told him, instead it's $50,000. Mr. Smith wants his money. Lewis tries to explain it, but that doesn't fucking cut it. Um so Mr. Smith sees that you know the oh shit, no, you're actually telling the truth about your kangaroo situation, but Jesse speaks up saying, you know, listen, we can uh-huh. get the money. So Mr. Smith is like, okay, fair, takes Jesse hostage, and then he tells one of his goons to go take the other two, Charlie and Lewis, and you know, make it look natural, you know. Death. <laughs> I I I don't I really don't want to keep repeating that this was a fucking kids movie, but this wasn't a fucking kids movie.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing, is it just its tone betrays itself. In at this point, at this point, its own tone is its own worst enemy because Mm -hmm. the movie hard pants, it's got three emotions over the course of, I think, 10 minutes in that it's got goopy, silly, wildness and antics involving a kangaroo to R&B music video with two hot people in the water to we're going to fucking kill you and every person you fucking cherish. And you're like, "Okay, movie. All right. We got These are really these are really stark emotions that we're pushing here. But okay, cool. Fine. All right. Let's get intense and very serious. So yeah. So
0: uh, Charlie and Lewis are just fucking or uh yeah, Charlie and Lewis are fucking getting dragged by camels and they're talking they're like, "Listen, they do like a bonding moment, and you know they're like, "Okay, I'm not gonna you know stand by and be a chicken anymore." Gosh, darn it, Lewis, reach into my pants and get my scissors. So Charlie uses the scissors that was set up earlier and breaks it's- free and <laughs> go ahead, Mike.
1: Don't act like, don't act like it was like set up so clearly and obviously. And they're like, my, you got your lucky jacket, Lewis. I got my lucky scissors. Like he doesn't do, there's none of that. It's just, oh, you got $63 and some scissors on you. Oh, huh, interesting. And that's the only thing uh, I was so utterly confused. I thought they did the same thing that they did in freaking. uh what's it? What's the far cry? Where it's just like, oh, you know, my lucky key I keep in my esophagus. Like it's just, it's just just a random thing that they just yanked out of thin air. But apparently they made the callback, so it's like I guess that's on me for not remembering a one-off line that they made about ten minutes into the movie. Like I, all right
0: cool so lewis goes distracts the goons by threatening them with a rock and the fact that he was a little league world series championship pitcher that beat some taiwanese kids and then charlie grabs one of their guns which you know this was surprisingly easy barely an inconvenience random cutaway to kangaroo jack eating candy and he finds a yo-yo But now instead, he really finds the hot jawbreaker, which burns his mouth. It's literally like the same joke we have seen in all of these cutaways to Kangaroo Jack. Why? Why?
1: Why? Why? Why is he? Why do we cut back to Kangaroo Jack? You, you, the movie, I feel like at this point, the movie is realizing its giant mistake. Mm-hmm. in that they made the movie about they made the movie not about the kangaroo and they're framing it to be a they're framing the marketing to be about the kangaroo because mm. that's what tested well so as a result they're kind of all scrambling to recover what they just utterly screwed up and it's just not working because it's just dumb shenanigans with him eating candy which has been done before <laughs> But all right, all right okay. I, just, I can't do it anymore, Max.
0: Mike, it's okay. We're almost done. We are almost there. We're, like we are we're we're almost so close. There. I, believe so, I believe in you. I believe
1: in you. I'm I'm tired, boss. <laughs> I'm tired of this, Grandpa.
0: Well, that's too damn bad. We got to finish watching <laughs> Kangaroo Jack.
1: Oh God, I always hated going to Grandpa's house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so okay, Owen Springs. Mr. Mr. Smith and um, Jesse, uh, she's like, well, the kangaroos aren't here, but then Charlie and Lewis arrive with guns. And yeah, Mr. Smith starts monologuing, saying, oh, you ever killed a man, Charlie? What do you do for a living that makes you so brave? Lewis, ch- ch- co- no, sorry, Charlie cocks the guns like, I'm a hairdresser. And yeah, but wait, another car drives up. It's General Zod and the boys. He just comes up and starts monologuing more bad guys. Zod fucking pulls a gun on Mr. Smith's goons. Charlie tries to explain how everyone got here, but Zod fucking turns the gun on him and Oh, so you know about Jackie Legs? And Zod's like, listen, Christopher Walken is very disappointed that they lost the money. Zod's like, yo, enough is enough. Do not agitate me.
1: I just, I love that you, I love that you just for, just mentioned him as General Zod because the only idea I have in my head is of Michael Shannon in full General Zod gear exiting a jeep and instead of doing the kneel before Zod thing, he just pulls out a fucking Glock from his robes and just fucking starts just acing people.
0: <laughs> Listen, I never knew the actual battle I wanted to see on the big screen was General Zod versus a kangaroo with a Glock until
1: now. But I want it. I, I want, want it bad, I, Michael. I want the. I want the. I want Michael Shannon's General Zod to just have an, a Dragon Ball Z like fight with with Kangaroo Jack with a Glock. That's what I want. That's what that is all I want in my life now. And I want it to be my I I, I want I want that's my mission now. I'm going to make that happen.
0: (laughs) Suddenly, Kangaroo Jack arrives, distracts the guys. A fucking mob war breaks out between Zod and Smith. Uh, Jesse has a plan to get the kangaroo. The three ride off on Camelback. Zod shoots a gun up in the air, stops the fighting. Contract terminated. They start chasing after our three heroes. The three heroes are giving chase to Kangaroo Jack into this canyon while being chased by New York mobsters in the Australian outback. I don't understand how camels can outrun a fucking car, but they do. So uh, Charlie <laughs> and Louis start f- fucking throwing yeah. things on a Jeep. One mobster gets a That's fucking face full of tree.
1: These people are in a, a second, fucking like. Jeep going like full speed through the outback and they're getting outdone by camels. And again, I know camels can move quickly. Camels can move quickly. They're not fucking ostriches, all right? They're, they can't move that fucking fast. Like, if you were just like, and they're riding on ostriches, I'd be like, that's weird, but at least they could go 50 miles a fucking hour. Like, it's a cable no you're losing me man you're losing me (laughs) so zod does some six skills
0: on his jeep that almost get him killed the jeep fucking crashes the three heroes leave the canyon lewis is leaning over he's about to get the money from kangaroo jack he gets it but gets fucking tossed off a cliff the money gets thrown nearby and lewis is hanging on a route for his dear life so charlie fucking jerry rigs a rope and belt contraption that uh, lewis is able to grab onto yeah long story short uh, uh, charlie saves lewis's lives and you know it's all you know all happy but then general zod is here and is just holding jesse hostage but it's all good because you know they got the money right but that doesn't satisfy zod because christopher walken was planning on killing these two and yeah this movie is going to end This children's movie is going to end with murder. But then the Australian police arrive. It's Mr. Jimmy fucking remember him. The tour guide from earlier. There's a fucking helicopter. Now
1: they just (sighs) the fucking cops show up. It's why do the cops show up? I'm so mad. I'm so mad. The cops just at the last second out of nowhere, just show up out of the fucking ground like they're just there and they're like get on the ground it's i hate that is what sent me that is what sent me over the edge that is my fucking 13th reason why like it's (laughs) like it is it like honest to god it's just the fact that just There is no buildup, no nothing. The only callback they have is some dude they pushed out of a car is just so angering.
0: So, yeah, Zod tries to run away, but uh, Charlie throws a bolo uh, catching Zod and, you know, the good guys win. And later the police fucking give exposition on how they were looking for people associated with the Maggio family. And Zod is like, oh, he has his like, oh, I'll get you, he man. And then fucking goes off <laughs> in a cop car where Lewis and Charlie, they have a tender moment. And they're like, you know, we're even, you know, I, you saved my life. I saved your life. And they hug it out. But kangaroo Jack is here now. And Charlie tries to feed him some grass. They take the jacket off and, you know, they get it back. Then he fucking hops off, giving, you know, one last look. We, and that's basically the end of the movie in our epilogue we see that Christopher Walken is now on trial and Charlie and Jesse get married and, you know, has a big shampoo company and Lewis is involved somehow and they all live happily ever after, except we get a final kangaroo Jack skit of him talking and saying things during the credit as like fucking bloopers that somebody had to animate. But then that's actually the end of the movie. Fuck
1: kangaroo Jack. Fuck kangaroo Jack. Oh my God. Fuck this movie. Oh my God. It's, it's, I feel like, I feel like regarding movies, I think a very easy way to piss me specifically, but I also feel like the greater audience as a whole is by false advertising your movie as one way and then completely going in another. That is a quick Mm -hmm. and easy fast track to like pissing off so many people. Like, I know with, like uh like I remember with Drive, they framed the movie as this bros bro action movie and it's not that. And I know that pissed off a whole host of people for it not being that. And it's like it's just time and time again when you let the marketing team go hog wild with your movie, they may false advertise and piss everyone off.
0: Mhm. Yeah, like it felt like it really was trying to be like two different movies, you know, the mob and kids movie, but you know, it's called kangaroo Jack, but the titular kangaroo is only in the movie for like five to seven minutes. And it's not impactful. It's, it's just not funny. This, this movie, Mm -hmm. it's not even like good to put on to, for a child to entertain because the parts that are entertaining, you know, of the kangaroo that would, Entertain a child, don't show up like at all. Like, and then the whole fucking like tone, tonality of this movie just being fucking all over the place. Like, with we got the relationship between like Charlie and Lewis. Like, this movie really should have just been called Anthony Anderson Saved My Life, and then Blackmailed Me for 20 plus years. And also, no. there's a kangaroo.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just, the movie doesn't know, the, the movie doesn't know what tone it wants to go with. It literally just picks one tone, sits with it for about like five, maybe 10 minutes, and then just goes, oh, oh, I don't, I don't know about this tone anymore. What if we go in the romantic route and just have them under a waterfall and play music and all of that? And then they go, Oh shit, what about uh what about hardcore mob? And then they just they just freaking musical chairs Goldilocks their way around movie themes. It's just mm-hmm. annoying that they don't stick with one bit and then sprinkle in other themes on top of the bit. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's just annoying. It's just it's just frustrating when stuff like that happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one might be a good movie to add to your marathon if you're doing, like, a nostalgia-themed one with movies, with, like, you know, kids' movies from, like, the early 2000s. I'd say maybe, like, a movie, like, three. I don't know what you would say, Mike, but that's what I'm thinking. Yeah,
1: movie three. I'm saying, like, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think of the ones, the kids' movies that we did, where it's, like, the Bratz movie, Scooby-Doo, this. Zoom. Like... Zoom, yeah. I mm-hmm. would say, I would say, like, I just be, like, Scooby-Doo number one, Bratz number two, this number three, or Zoom number mm-hmm. three. It's just, Zoom and this are not good movies. I feel like yeah. Zoom you can make fun of more, but, like, this is, yeah, this is bad. This is definitely not a one or two movie. That's for damn sure. For damn sure.
0: Yeah, but you know that does it for us talking about Kangaroo Jack. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mess of a Minute podcast. Go follow us on uh, Instagram X, sorry, you know that's I guess that's what we got to call it now, and oh, YouTube. God. You guys know the deal, uh, and yeah, stay up to date with what we got going on. Mike, do you have any anything you want to say?
1: Be sure to follow our new Threads account. That's going to be coming out soon. We're going to post hot, spicy fire on the threads account no it's just we're we're not gonna do make a threads until that actually is proven to fucking stay around because we know x isn't that's we're damn sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right guys well we'll see y'all next week
1: see you next week everybody